Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. We do this each weekday at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, We're in off-season mode for basketball, but there has been no shortage of topics to bring you the last few weeks since the Hoosiers exited the NCAA tournament. A lot of transfer portal news, including some we'll get to here in just a few moments today. Obviously, the recruiting of high school players has really ramped up with the live period this past weekend. We're beginning to get an understanding on who IU's targeting in the 2024 class as some offers have went out this week. We'll cover another, tell you about another player that IU in that 2024 class uh, has offered since the first live viewing period. And don't be surprised later this month here, not this weekend, but next when there's another chance for the IU coaches to get out on the road if there aren't some additional offers that go out in that 2024 class of uh, current sophomores in high school that will be juniors next season. Also, uh, a reminder to you, if you can't join us for the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available basically wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison and you will find us there. And the Thornton's text line, it's something we do every day on the show. It's open throughout the hour that we're on the radio. The number for that text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in anything, questions for our guests, topics you'd like to talk about. It could be something we're not talking about uh, and you want to get it on the air. Send us a text as long as it's reasonable. Uh, we'll, we'll get it on the air. And again, that number is 502 502- 414-1450. Don't forget to download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And also today, it's Thursday, April 14th, so it's the uh, big mega hiring fair that Thornton's and the Louisville Urban League are partnering on. It's going to take place from 3 to 6 p.m. later today over at the uh, Norton Healthcare Sports and Learning Center, which is at, located at 3029 uh, West Muhammad Ali Boulevard in Louisville. Don't forget to take your ID and resume if you're looking for a job. And even at that, a good-paying job, this is your uh, your chance to get over there and, and see what both Thornton's and some other uh, folks have to offer as well, uh, combined with the Louisville Urban League. So check that out. Also, uh, let's uh, get into our show today, the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got some headlines we're going to cover 
Uh, some kind of surprising news. Not a player, not a prospect we've talked about much. I'm not sure at all on this show. Uh, out of the transfer portal is uh, set an official visit to Indiana coming up this weekend. So we'll talk about that. Also, I mentioned earlier, another 2024 player has received an IU scholarship offer. We'll tell you about him. Uh, we'll take a look at a uh, mock draft from CBS Sports and tell you if Trace Jackson Davis is anywhere to be found in the first or second rounds. And we'll also cover a few other things here in the opening segment later in the show Thursday. So that means Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will join Lots of stuff to get to with Alex. He's had a really neat feature on his site. He's done this every year. It's called That's a Wrap. He reviews each player, kind of a profile on each IU player from starters to bench players to walk-ons that reviews their season and potentially what could be ahead for them. And with an offseason of so much movement, with players exiting to the transfer portal, Trace Jackson Davis up in the air still, Race Thompson, who knows what's going to happen with Xavier Johnson and others, uh, plus recruiting, plus players potentially coming in from the portal. Uh, those That's a wrap uh, segments that Alex has, I think, are good to kind of balance out where things are at now and perhaps where things could go for IU. So we'll talk with him about those. Uh, Alex also had a chance to talk with the executive director of the Hoosiers for Good NIL co-op, and uh, that's very, very interesting because that's the one it was reported last week where Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson both had very sizable deals, and you have to believe that NIL is a great reason for Race Thompson, who really has no NBA opportunity but could play overseas or could use his education and get a great job. There's no question about that with his connections and a former IU player. But him and Trace Jackson Davis, who's a fringe NBA prospect but could also go overseas and make some money, NIL is the reason for these guys to stay around. I'm sure it's fun to go through the rigors of a college basketball season and play in front of a crazy fan base like IU. And so that that means something. And Trace is trying to get better for the league down the road at some point. But the NIL money is the real reason, I think, to stay. And I think with college basketball, uh, as NIL programs take off and as schools find legal ways to facilitate and outsiders uh, find ways to facilitate money to players through deals or charity deals or advertising deals or however it could be structured. I really think we'll look back on NIL over the next few years as things kind of balance out and see that it maybe will help college basketball become better and in some ways become older after you know such a push for players to get in and get out to the NBA. I think the fringe guys that aren't surefire – uh, first round, maybe even you know top ten lottery type picks uh, might have more of a reason to stay around at some of these legitimate programs and and make real money. So we'll talk with Alex about that as well. But plenty to get to today. And then Tom Allen has a press conference during this hour. And if it's over with in time, in that final segment, we're going to grab Matt Weaver of Peaks.com for a real brief IU football update as we head into the spring. We've not talked a ton about IU football, but obviously they are working the transfer portal and the recruiting process is very hard as well and obviously getting ready for some spring action too. So we'll discuss all of that with Matt if we can get him after Coach Allen's press conference coming up here a little bit later in the show today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. 
Company. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. And a few headlines I wanted to get to here in this first segment before we get to Alex. Uh, Dexter Dennis, he is from Wichita State, six foot five. 210-pound guard. He's played four seasons, freshman through senior, at Wichita State. He's now entered the transfer portal as a graduate transfer. So he's never used the transfer, and he's also a graduate player. So he is immediately eligible wherever he chooses to play next season. But he has set an official visit to IU this weekend, April 18th and 19th. He's going to be on the Indiana campus taking a look at things in Bloomington. Uh, Known for his defense, according to a couple different stories, I was able to locate on him. In fact, he was the American Athletic Conference, the AAC Defensive Player of the Year in 21-22 this past season. Uh, So he definitely would uh, help Indiana, it seems, in that uh, role. Also a career uh, 34.4% three-point shooter. He averaged 8.4 points this past season, five rebounds, 1.6 assists, and he shot 35.3% from the field overall. And this past season, he was 29.7% from three-point range and 78.7% from the free throw line. So an interesting player. Uh, He's originally from Baker, Louisiana, and uh, has been at Wichita State since the fall of 2018. Started 25 of the 35 games that he played in as a freshman and has become a really key player for Wichita State, which at times has been a really good program, always solid in the AAC conference, but uh, they've been known for some NCAA tournament noise. Of course, a new coach there in the last year or two, Uh, but uh, an interesting player, and uh, we'll see how his visit goes. And, you know, we don't really know, does he have a scholarship offer from Indiana? You would think if he's making a visit that Indiana is obviously very serious about bringing him in because Indiana right now only has one scholarship offer to tinker around with for next season and a lot of unknowns about guards or big men, what maybe the most prominent need will be. And some of that they're not going to know until June when uh, Trace Jackson Davis makes a decision on what's next as far as uh, his college career. Does he come back for another year? Does he keep his name in the NBA draft and roll the dice and see what happens? Also, in recruiting, a couple new names we've mentioned uh, this week uh, that have received scholarship offers after IU coaches had a chance to see him over the weekend at some of the activity that was out there, live period events. Uh, Coach Rosemond, Yasir Rosemond, who we, I guess Yah is his nickname uh, with all the players, but he continues to put a real um, uh, uh, stamp down, I guess you could say, in Georgia and in the southern part of the country as far as getting down there, making some headway with recruiting, uh, because IU has offered one of the players is Ace Bailey. He's from Powder Springs, Georgia, a small forward. His real name is Arius Bailey. Nickname is Ace, but uh, he, uh, another player from Georgia to receive a scholarship offer from Coach Roseman. Six foot eight, five star prospect. He's the number 19 overall player in the 2024 class, and he's also the number six small forward in that 2024 class. He plays. Uh, the Athletes of Tomorrow, known as AOT, on the Nike EYBL circuit. So Ace Bailey and his AOT team will be coming uh, to Indianapolis in a week from now, a week from this weekend, and then a few weeks from that, 
they'll uh, be here in, later in May playing in the Louisville uh, stop for the Nike Peach Jam. But definitely a, a player to keep an eye on. He's heard from Missouri, Cincinnati, Ohio State, Auburn, Tennessee, West Virginia, Murray State, Jacksonville, Kennesaw State, Tennessee State, Georgia, and o- Oklahoma. They all have offered him scholarships in addition to uh, Indiana. So his mother played college hoops at uh, West Virginia. Uh, his father also played college basketball as well. And his aunt, he has an aunt that played in uh, Venus Lacey that played in the uh, WNBA. So he comes from a, a family of basketball. There's no question about that. But that's just a little introduction on Ace Bailey, a prospect that IU appears to be very much in with here at an early point of his recruiting. Also, NBA draft. I try to look at just about every mock draft out there that I can Uh, whether it's from a media person you know, whether you think it's reputable or not, just to see where Trace Jackson Davis is at, if he is listed at all. And in the latest CBS Sports mock that's out there, updated I think as recently as yesterday, no Trace Jackson Davis. There's a lot of Big Ten flavor in the uh, first 60 picks, which again, NBA is two rounds. That's all it is, 60 picks. Uh, total, Trace Jackson Davis not listed. Jaden Ivey of Purdue, uh, CBS has him, like others, at the number one pick. Uh, Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga, he's number two. Paolo Banchero of Duke, three. Jabari Smith of Auburn, four. Ty Ty Washington, Jr. of Kentucky, he is fifth. Keegan Murray of Iowa is uh, projected eighth by CBS Sports. And Johnny Davis of Wisconsin uh, projected ninth. So in the top ten, uh, possibly could be a really good showing for the Big Ten Conference. But again, in this one, this is a good one that, that's updated regularly. As of now, Trace Jackson Davis is not projected to go in round one or round two. And I think that as things get into May and you see some of the more reputable reputable mock drafts out there, CBS, NBADraft.net is another one that's been around for years. Also, the guys from ESPN, Mike Schmitz and Jonathan Gavoni. If IU fans don't see Trace Jackson Davis start to appear in that draft after he starts this NBA process and maybe gets a pick to the an invite to the combine or not, I think that will be a good judge to see whether you can count on Trace Jackson Davis uh, back next year in an IU uniform. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. Uh, Floyd Central and New Albany baseball supposed to be played last night, but it was canceled because of weather. And boy, we got some rain and wind and a little bit of everything last night. So a wise decision to see that game postponed. I have not seen a new date for New Albany Floyd Central, but we'll keep you posted on that. And uh, New Albany plays at Jasper. I know on Friday, Tucker Biven, I think, is supposed to be the starting pitcher in that game. That's always a fun one. And uh, Jeff and Silver Creek played earlier this week. Been a lot of baseball uh, here in the area. We look forward to jumping in with some broadcast of local games. Uh, probably going to be on one of our sister stations because of all the bats coverage uh, here on the Big X. But we look forward to having some of that coming up for you a little bit later in the month. We'll head to a commercial break and come back with Alex Bozich, who is always with us on Thursdays. Alex will help us break down things here in off-season mode for IU basketball. So stay with us for that. And if we can work it out, uh, Coach Allen just uh, came on the podium for a press conference on IU football 
if we can work it out, we're going to catch up with Matt Weaver when this press conference comes to an end uh, for an IU football update. We haven't talked a lot about the Hoosiers on the gridiron, but hope to do that a little bit later today with Matt Weaver of Pigs.com. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Thursday program. Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. You can send in your questions and comments. And Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall joins us now to talk some IU basketball, as he does each Thursday in this time slot. Alex, uh, Dexter Dennis of Wichita State going to be on campus here in the next week or so for IU, and uh, he's the latest name really picking up some steam from this wild and crazy year once again of the NCAA transfer portal. Yeah, I actually exchanged messages with him last night. Sounds like the tentative plan at least is for him to be on campus early next week. Uh, the funny thing about him is I actually remember watching him play when Indiana played Wichita State. I think it was the year, uh, the year Romeo was at IU. So the 2018-19 season, I believe it was, uh, Indiana made the NIT. Uh, I remember Romeo sat out, and they they won a couple games, and they played uh, Wichita State at home in the NIT. And Dexter Dennis, I believe that year was a freshman for Wichita State. Uh, I believe he scored something like 17 points. He was an impressive player. Um, I haven't really followed his career since then, but had a chance to look at some of his numbers. Uh, the thing that really kind of stands out with him uh, is his size for a guard, six four, six five. Uh, seems to be a above average defender. Uh, Going to be somebody that can that can really guard on the perimeter offensively. He can make the open three, although his percentage uh, isn't necessarily uh, all that great. I think he's in the mid to, to lower thirties uh, from three point range. But overall, uh, I think you know depending on how he would be used. Um, I think he, he seems like a guy that could definitely uh, help Indiana or any other high major program that that, that is able to land him. I, I did see that Arkansas is a school that's interested uh, in him as well, and usually uh, they've got a pretty good track record with going out and getting transfers uh, that can fit into their system and they can have success with. So I think if uh, Arkansas is a school going after him, uh, Indiana's on the right track in terms of getting a, a player that can potentially uh, be productive. You know, I've said this multiple times, it's got to be tricky right now for the IU coaches to operate with transfer players because there's so much unknown about the IU roster, whether it's TJD and the NBA process or what's going to happen with Race and Geronimo. Uh, obviously, Xavier Booker, or excuse me, Xavier Johnson, we thought was coming back, but then he's had some issues lately as far as legal problems who knows how that affects his future there so a guy like Dexter Dennis if IU brings him in and he's serious enough to come for an official visit uh, Indiana right now I think has one scholarship offer available to tinker with for next season does he have an offer from Indiana or is Indiana just telling him that they are really really interested in him based on what happens or any idea how that works 
Yeah, it's a it's a tricky situation. Um, as far as I'm able to tell, I know uh, Malik Renew, the kid that, that was originally signed with Florida, um, that's you know the top 30 kid in the class of 2022. Indiana's definitely offered him, and, and he has a spot if you know if he wants it. Uh, with the transfer portal right now, it's a little bit tricky because you don't know exactly who's um, how many spots are, are spoken for at this point. There's still some, you know, at this point, the two guys that kind of seem the most uh, open-ended in terms of coming back. I'm not saying that there's not other guys that could end up in the portal or leaving. Obviously, Trace Jackson Davis with the NBA decision, he's declared for the draft, um, and then Race Thompson. He's played obviously um, already. He's already been in Bloomington several seasons, uh, five. You know, he's, he's got an extra year because of COVID, and one year he didn't play enough games to to burn a year of eligibility. But those two guys um, definitely are kind of up in the air as to what's going to happen for next year. So I think. Uh, he he would be a player that Indiana, you know, if you're bringing somebody on campus for an official visit, uh, that suggests to me that you want them to join your program uh, in most cases. So I think if a kid that wants to come to Indiana, they'll find uh, a spot for him. Uh, you can't really bring somebody that's got a ton of high major offers onto campus and uh, say, you know, we may or may not have a spot for you. I think if you're bringing somebody on campus, uh, you're, you're definitely – bringing them in with the intent of getting them to commit. So that's kind of where I um, <clears throat> come down on, on the situation. But as you mentioned, it's definitely uh, kind of shaky ground. And that's just, not just with Indiana. This is everywhere. This is um, with the transfer portal and guys, you know, being able to test the draft waters and potentially come back. You know, if Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis want to come back, Indiana's got to have a spot for those guys. So if they're going to take commitments from other players, that means uh, there's going to have to be other departures. And the thing that you that you don't want to have happen is all of a sudden it's late May and you don't have a spot and you have to force somebody out because then you've kind of uh, really uh, put one of your players uh, in a bad spot spot and, and they're scrambling to look for uh, their next destination where a lot of the spots have already been accounted for. I think one thing we saw last year with the transfer portal, uh, a lot of guys went in the portal, but if you look at, if you go on verbal commits and you kind of look at where guys ended up, there's some players that, that never landed anywhere. Like they, they had a scholarship at their former school and they left and they ended up not playing anywhere else. And so uh, I'm not, necessarily thinking that would happen with a player that's at Indiana because usually uh, you know those are guys that can probably move down to the mid mid to, to low major level but there's a there's a trickle down effect for sure with the portal uh, and as, as much as as I like the ability uh, of guys to be able to move freely and, and transfer and uh, you know I, I think it's uh, well uh, overdue that, that th- these changes have occurred you have to be careful with with roster management and you have to make sure you're doing the right things because you definitely don't want to burn a bridge with a player. You know, it may not hurt you with that particular player, but, you know, say there's a high school coach or an AAU coach who was involved with that player. And next time around, you want to recruit one of their players that remember that, Hey, it was, it was May 30th and, and you, my guy was on scholarship and you forced them out and he didn't have anywhere to go. That's the kind of thing that can end up burning you in the long run. So I think that's not just in Indiana, but I think in general, college coaches have to be very careful 
uh, how they proceed in terms of pursuing transfers and making sure they have available spots. That's one reason I think it's good to have a couple spots open because then you're not putting yourself in the, in this position to where uh, you you could potentially uh, you know have a you know a situation where you have to tell somebody they have to leave. I don't I don't think that's necessarily a spot you want to be in. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Alex, uh, great, great stuff there. I, I just can't imagine uh, what it is like uh, to have this transfer portal to deal with. You, you have to re-recruit your own players at the conclusion of each season. I saw, I think it was the Mississippi, maybe the Ole Miss women's basketball coach. I was listening to her on a podcast or a Twitter spaces somewhere right after – their season came to an end, and she was just very open and honest about a lot of subjects. It was interesting to hear her takes, but uh, talking about re-recruiting her own players was was just uh, amazing to hear uh, how that mm-hmm. process went. So, again, for Mike Woodson, he's new at all this stuff. Uh, I know he's got a lot of help around him and a lot of folks to help him through the process, but I, c- I can't imagine what it's like. Then throw in, you know, you got an NBA player or two, uh, on your team and then throw in a discipline problem, uh, you know, it just muddies the waters even further. But uh, interesting times for sure uh, in college basketball. The other thing I wanted to bring up today when we talk about interesting times and changing times in, in the world of college sports is the name, image, and likeness uh, ability for players to now make money and still be amateur athletes at the college ranks. And I think Indiana's done a, a good job. Obviously, the school doesn't really facilitate things. They can help train players and create some some things for them to make deals or help them make deals. But uh, you had a chance recently on your podcast at InsideTheHall.com to interview the guy that is the executive director of Hoosiers for Good. And Fred Glass, the former IUAD, he's kind of the legal counsel and involved with that uh, NIL collaborative. Uh, But they've kind of taken a different approach, and an approach I like because I think it helps make money for players, make deals for players at IU, but also it it, it includes charities around the state, which is kind of a – a different approach than helping a for-profit business or making commercials or social media uh, marketing for a for-profit group. It's it's basically all nonprofits and all charitable groups in our state. A lot of different uh, boys and girls clubs and uh, just uh, d- just lots of different uh, charities listed. You had a chance to talk with uh, this group about their goals and how they can help a lot of different people in our state and I think have a big impact on IU basketball and keeping like uh, players like Trace Jackson Davis around maybe a season or two longer than what uh, before NIL they would have stayed. Yeah, I mean, obviously I can't go through everything we talked about. It was a 40-minute conversation, so if you're interested in learning more, definitely go on the site or check out podcasts on the brink on iTunes or Spotify. I definitely think just from an education standpoint, I think, Matt, the, the biggest thing I've run into, and I don't know, you know, you, you deal with fans and you talk to a lot of people in the community, and I know you're friends with a lot of IU fans and some of them a little bit more old school than others. But I think the biggest thing that I've heard in terms of NIL from a lot of people, uh, and this, you know, in my paid community on Inside the Hall, Twitter, everywhere, there's a lot of people that are skeptical about NIL because they have this long-standing belief that players are getting a scholarship so that they, they shouldn't that, – that should be enough for them, right, to, to be in college and – they shouldn't be able to make money. Well, the reality is, if, if if that's your opinion, that's fine. But NIL is here. It's not changing. It's only going to grow. And so one thing I wanted to do uh, with this interview, uh, 
Tyler Harris, who's the executive director of Hoosiers for Good. I wanted to just have him on and have him explain to, to me and to our audience everything that the organization is trying to do and kind of how everything's set up. And I, I credit him for being as transparent as possible uh, with everything he said and what he was able to share with me. The thing I like about this organization and the way it's set up is that Tyler Harris came directly from IU Athletics. He was in compliance. And so um, obviously now he's not working for IU, but uh, this organization is set up with, in, my, with, in mind uh, of keeping uh, IU student athletes first and aligning them with charities and different organizations that can kind of help them um, use their name, image, and likeness to do good. Um, there's a lot of examples. They've already signed 14 different athletes from the men's basketball perspective. There's Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, uh, women's basketball, Grace Berger, Mackenzie Holmes, football. Uh, Jack Tuttle is just one of the, the, the guys that they're working with. And I think this is the kind of thing where uh, you can feel good about NIL, right? Uh, you may not feel good about certain things like Ty Ty Washington getting a Porsche at Kentucky or things like that. Those things are still going to happen. But when you have a, an organization that's set up to, to kind of pair these guys up with charities, they're going to be making uh, posts on social media to try to wear, raise awareness for different charities. They're going to be making appearances um, and fulfilling obligations from that standpoint to just try to wait, raise awareness for these charities. These guys have a platform, so I think if they're able to use it for good, uh, it's, a, it's a positive. And, and one thing that that, that Tyler was very open about, you know, he, he, underst he understands that people are skeptical about NIL. I think this is a battle that's being fought everywhere. There's a lot of fans that obviously aren't necessarily comfortable with it, but anything that we can do uh, to kind of educate people and let them kind of know uh, what, what's, uh, what's going on uh, is, is the best thing. And, and one thing that was, you know, towards the end of the interview, I think it's really interesting. If you want to go back and listen to it, I just kind of asked Tyler from his time to, to kind of put back, to go back in time a little bit from when he was working in compliance at IU and, and asked him about how things were handled from NIL. He was very direct in the fact that the NCAA is not answering a lot of questions about NIL. Uh, they're not giving a lot of guidance. Uh, obviously, this is not something that the NCAA wanted uh, to even happen. And so uh, there's a lot of ambiguity out there right now. And I think an organization like this that's definitely trying to do things the right way. Obviously, Fred Glass is involved. He's the legal support. You got Calvert Chaney on the board of directors. These are people that have the best interest of IU at heart, and I think they're going to try to do everything they can to do things the right way. So I think that's that's one thing that you can feel good about with this particular organization. I, I encourage people to to learn more about it and form their own opinions. But the reality, like like I said earlier, Matt is NIL is here to stay. It's not changing, and if Indiana falls behind uh, in terms of being able to attract student athletes uh, based on uh, NIL uh, capabilities, uh, they're, they're going to not be as successful in recruiting. It's a big part of recruiting moving forward. I tell you what, I was surprised. I don't keep up with Alabama football or Nick Saban on a regular basis, but there was a story yesterday I read where he was warning others that the NIL model in college football he thinks is unsustainable and that's going to lead eventually to players or to schools rather buying players is what he uh, was a quote from him in that story. So a little surprising there because a, a machine like Alabama that is the blue blood of college football uh, you would think a program like this, they're all over. They're going to have businesses and all sorts of people wanting to participate in the NIL process. You would think someone like that would embrace it as a major benefit by having the fan base, the crazed fan base that Alabama football does. 
didn't read the article necessarily about Matt, but you know, you're paraphrasing it a little bit, but ironic that, uh, and I'm not saying that Alabama does this, but in general, uh, people, programs have been buying players for how long? Uh, decades, right? Now that it's above board and, uh, you know, there's obviously uh, things that can be done in terms of giving in, endorsement deals and things, and so to speak, to get players to come to a to a school. Now a coach has a problem with it because uh, it can actually be publicized. That to me, that's a little bit ironic because this kind of stuff has been going on forever, and now the fact that it's uh, kind of being uh, I don't want to say it's being regulated, but at least you know it's it's by 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 the rules. It's something that can happen now, uh, and it's ha it's becoming more prevalent. Uh, just a little bit funny to me to hear uh, a comment like that uh, based on uh, everything that we know has been going on, particularly in SEC football for a long time. Yeah, Alex, uh, switching gears here. You've got a great recap. I know you'll you'll keep it updated as things move forward mm -hmm. of who's coming and who's going in the Big Ten Conference for next year. I know it's it's a, a long list to keep up with, especially when you yep. put Transfer Portal into it. Uh, but take us through some of the highlights of who's coming in or who's leaving and, and kind of an early look at right now. I know really in May and June we'll be able to take a, a closer look at the conference for next year, but how does it look at this point? A lot, a lot. Uh, still to be determined. I think I made three updates to it yesterday. Uh, woke up this morning and noticed there was a couple more that I missed. So I'm updating it as, as much as I, I I can. The reason I really like doing it is because it helps me kind of in my planning for next season. You know, I'm already thinking about off-season power rankings and, you know, kind of what the league's going to look like going into next season. But it's it's definitely an incomplete picture right now because there's so many things out there that, that we don't know about with the Indiana in particular, we don't know for sure what's going to happen with Trace Jackson Davis or Ray Thompson. And look at, up at Michigan, Hunter Dickinson, uh, Musa Diabate, Caleb Houston. You know, I would assume all those guys are going to declare for the draft, but they haven't yet. So they're kind of listed on there as eligible to return. We don't know what they're going to do. There's a lot of schools kind of in the same boat, Illinois with Kofi Coburn. What's he going to do for next season? Um, what we do know is guys like Jaden Ivey and, and Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray, uh, EJ Liddell, I would assume, those guys are, are, are definitely not going to be back in the Big Ten next year. But I, I think right now there's just a lot of work to do uh, for a lot of these Big Ten coaches to solidify their roster. Maybe no coach has more work to do uh, more work to do at this point than Kevin Willard at Maryland. He's inherited obviously uh, a rebuilding type situation doesn't have any players signed i don't think they've got a commitment yet from a portal guy they've lost eric ayala uh they have a lot of work to do to just kind of field a competitive team for next season so a lot of pieces still uh to the puzzle to still be figured out but uh i'll like i said i'll keep it updated it took me the better part of a day the other day to kind of go ahead and get the list started but once i get it started and get everything uh in there, uh, it's a lot easier to keep maintained and updated. And that's something I think last year, going back to, I was updated until August. So uh, it's it's a good resource. Uh, definitely bookmark it, check it out, and, and I'll keep it updated as best I can. And if you know if you ever see anything that's on there that's wrong, feel free to shoot me an email or send me a you know message on Twitter, and I'll get it updated and fixed. Yeah, it's no no doubt it's the best uh, best summary of where things currently stand. 
uh, in the Big Ten Conference for next year that I have seen out there. So kudos for that. Also, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about, uh, and I've read almost every one of them to date, but it's called That's a Wrap. It's a postseason feature that you do profiling every player from most important to least important on the IU roster. And it's kind of a good way uh, to summarize the season, go back and think about uh, some of the good moments and who contributed what and, and what things could be like for next season. But you've worked your way, I think, pretty far through the roster and have had a lot of good profiles so far. Yeah, still a lot to go. Um, you know, a couple more players. We're going to look at the offense and the defense. Uh, as well and might even do one on Mike Woodson just kind of evaluating what his first season in Bloomington was like but yeah I mean it's similar to what we do in the preseason you know you kind of like to preview the season and then at the end of the year uh, you wait a little bit you let the season end usually we give it a couple weeks and then we kind of uh, go player by player and and talk about what went right for each player what went wrong and and kind of look towards the future and uh, it's a good uh, you know Good, good way to give people a chance also down in the comments to kind of give their thoughts on, on each player and uh, good for generating discussion. And just like I said, um, it's something we've done for now for, for many, many years, and, and I think it's been well received. And uh, it, it'll, it'll be interesting uh, to see just kind of in the end which players from the roster ultimately come back. I know there's already four in the portal. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like – everything's over with in terms of settling the roster for next season. There could be a high school player added. There could be transfers coming in. There could be guys leaving for the NBA. So uh, in many ways, uh, you know, the transfer portal has extended the life of the season. It used to be, Matt, that when the season ended, it was kind of, you know, a little bit of a dead period. You had recruiting and you had some, some spring visits. Now it's, it's basically like a free agency period in college basketball. So I think it's been a good thing for the sport and keeping attention on on uh, not just IU basketball, but the Big Ten and college basketball in general, and, and looking forward to seeing what else shakes out uh, the rest of the spring and summer because there's there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered with rosters around the league. Absolutely. Final topic, final question for you. Trace Jackson uh-huh. Davis, he's declared for the NBA. He's going to test the waters while maintaining his eligibility. I, I think last year, I, what's the path to him for him to get into these mock drafts and to ultimately – get drafted in possibly the second round. Um, He's got to get an NBA Combine invite, I would think, to do that. The NBA draft, the two rounds, are 60 picks. The NBA Combine a year ago, I looked this up, was 69 players received an invitation, with 63 of those being college players getting invites. I don't know if that 69 number is one that sticks every year, or if that can go up or down a few based on uh, the number of players of interest in, in that season, in that year. But I think for Trace to make any headway here, he's not in most mock drafts at all. For him to make some headway and have a real opportunity to be drafted and not CIU coming back to Bloomington next year is a real possibility. He's got to get to that combine, right? Yeah. Um, I think if he's not invited to the combine, that tells him that he's not a team that NBA uh, – or a player that NBA teams are all that interested in evaluating further. Uh, you know, That's not to say that – he couldn't get he couldn't go do individual workouts and get feedback from two or three teams that say, "Hey, we like you. We may not pick you in the second round, but we'll give you a two way deal if you go in the draft and nobody picks you and, and you're out there and available." Those types of things uh, could be on the table. But if you don't get the combine invite, 
Um, I think your path to actually getting picked uh, is, is, is pretty uh, is pretty much a long shot. And I think it's impossible for it to happen. Like I said, you could go and press some teams. So I think that's kind of the first piece of information, information gathering. But with Trace, he's never gone through this process before. The first two off seasons he was at Indiana, he didn't even test the waters. I, I, I think – uh, I don't want to say that was a mistake. It was his preference on what he wanted to do. But if you're a player of that stature, why not test the waters? Why not see what's out there? Why not go work out for NBA teams and give them a chance to give you feedback? And I think it's just a way to get better. And so, you know, I, I think there's a lot of kind of steps here in the process. He's obviously going to work out a lot, uh, get ready, uh, and try to get that combine invite. He's going to go work out for teams, I would assume. But, you know, the, the deadline for him to put his name in was April 24th, so he's already done that. Uh, the next thing will be seeing if he gets the combine invite. And then after the combine, you got 10 days after that to decide uh, if you're going to come back or stay. I think the, the deadline is something late late May, early June at midnight. You have to declare. So we, we could kind of be in limbo here, Matt, for another month and a half in terms of what is next for Trace Jackson Davis. But uh, I think for him as a person, as a player, uh, for his career, it's a good thing for him that he's going through this process and, and learning more about uh, what the NBA thinks of him. And, you know, if he if he's somebody that's going to get picked, uh, he's going to have to make the decision on whether or not he thinks from this is kind of where NIL comes in. Do you think you can make more money as an undrafted rookie going the G League route or, or getting a non-guaranteed deal? Or do you think you could make more going uh, back to school for another year? I think NIL opportunities for him could be quite lucrative, so he's going to have to have the right people around him to help answer those questions and make a plan uh, on how he wants to move forward. But I, I think if he's a first-round pick, uh, say he really has a great uh, spring, uh, gets to the combine and, and plays really well, I think it's a no-brainer at that point. But anything beyond that, you know, if you're mid to late second round or you're going to be undrafted, I think at that point it becomes a much tougher decision. Absolutely. Alex Bozich, great stuff as always, InsideTheHall.com with us on Thursdays. Alex, we'll talk with you next week. All right, Matt. Take care. We'll head to a commercial break. Back with Matt Weaver of Pigs.com. Coach Allen just finished a press conference. We'll get the latest from that. And uh, a spring update on IU football coming next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday program. Matt Weaver, Pigs.com, checks in with us on IU football. Matt, just a few things here as uh, spring underway. You just heard from Coach Allen in a press conference earlier this hour. What's the latest from the IU boss? Um, you know, not a lot new. I mean, it's been a it's been an, uh, a little bit different spring. Maybe not different from the last two last two years because. Things were shut down because of COVID, but definitely different to how it was in the past. We, we've had no practice access. Uh, the media corps has not. So we haven't seen any practices. Today was their 14th. They've got one more to go um, on Saturday, then that'll be it. There's obviously there's no spring game this year for Indiana. So it's been pretty uh, pretty tight-lipped, pretty, pretty, pretty much closed off. But, you know, just 
you know, just talk about, you know, people were asking about the different position groups and, you know, who's looking good. He mentioned some guys, uh, you know, new guys, Sean Shivers and Jalen Lucas and Cam Camper and Emory Simmons on offense and, you know, on defense, he mentioned a lot of names you'd expect, Taiwan Mullen and Jay Williams and, um, you know, Devon Matthews, uh, you know, Cam Jones, guys like that have, that have, you know, he's been impressed with. So, I mean, it was a good Zoom call, but I wouldn't say anything earth-shattering came out of it. Matt, what is the reason for practices which have been open, I think, most every year under Coach Allen uh, to now be closed and also the reason for no spring game this year? Well, I think to answer your first question, I think I think you know I, I you know after going the, the season last year, obviously it went went very very wrong. Um, I think they're circling the wagons, so to speak, and I think they're just trying to uh, they're trying to make it as closed up as possible. You know, you've got a new offensive coordinator, and I think there are probably some concerns there about you know people talking about what they see in practice as far as what the offense is doing and and things of that nature, and then I think. That also plays a part in the spring game. I think also, you know, um, they you know they had quite a few injuries last year, and in, in no way making excuses for anything, but they did. They had I think they had around 20 guys who at some point suffered a season-ending injury, and a lot of those guys, you know, when you have a season-ending injury, you're usually limited the following spring because you have surgery and you have rehab and those things and uh, things of that nature. So, you know, I think their numbers are probably down a little bit at some positions where it makes it tough to have a spring game. Um, you could do controlled scrimmages where you kind of control, you know, the, 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 the game and, and what you're doing from play to play. But obviously a game, a spring game is a little bit different, you know, um, a little bit different setting. So, you know, I think those are the biggest reasons. But I, I just think they, they want to – this is a big year. I think they're trying to kind of regroup. And I think they just – they don't want any outside distractions, which, hey, listen, I can respect that. It's their call. Um, you know, it's, it's Coach Allen's program. And if that's what he feels is best, then, then that's what he should do. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, with us for a quick update on IU football here in the spring. Uh, some competition in the quarterback room this year. Any update on how things are going? I know with practices closed, it's probably tough to formulate your own views or opinions on what's going on, but what have you heard and maybe what have the coaches said? Yeah, I mean, obviously you brought in Connor Bazelak, the transfer from Missouri. You got Jack Tuttle back and um... – Donovan McCauley and, and Dexter Williams, um, you know, those are kind of the main guys. Grant Gremmel, the walk-on, got a little bit of playing time uh, last year. But, you know, I think the two main guys are probably, you know, from what it sounds and kind of from some things you've heard are, you know, Bazelak and Tuttle. And I, I don't know if it's in that order. That's just the order I'll list them in. But I think those are the two guys at the top right now. I have heard some positive things on Dexter Williams, you know, kind of how he's looked. And Coach Allen has mentioned him. It's not just things I've heard. He's mentioned it publicly. So, you know, he, he's not the biggest guy. He came in a couple of years ago. In fact, his he came as a mid-year guy the, the the year of COVID. In 20, he enrolled early, so he only got a few practices. And then um, uh, last year he got – he missed last year's spring, I believe. Or no, he missed – I'm sorry, he missed last season because he got hurt in spring ball towards ACL. So he's still kind of – you know, he's, he's – you know, doesn't have a ton of reps as a college player, but he's athletic. You know, like I said, smaller guy, like six one. You know, supposedly has a pretty good arm. I saw him a couple times a couple years ago, so you know it's been a little while since I've seen him. But you know, he was impressive in the first two practices that I saw of him. Um, you know, I haven't seen him since, but um, you know, he he supposedly has turned some heads. But I would, I would, my guess right now, my money would be on Bazelak or Tuttle. 
Um, you know, I, we, like I said, without seeing practice, it's hard to say who might be a little bit ahead of the other, but I think it's going to come down to those two guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if you see them use a, a Williams or a McCauley in a Wildcat-type package, you know, to try to help the running game somewhat. Um, I think you're going to see more than one quarterback play this year. All right, Matt Weaver. Matt, thanks for the quick update. We'll talk with you in future weeks as we gear up for IU football next season. Thanks for the chat. Thanks, guys. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Thursday program. You know we'll be back with you Friday at 11 a.m. Kyle Nedrip will be with us. Also, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Back with you then. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.